0: Hi, and welcome to our September episode of Conversations with Chrissy. We're really excited with Truck Driver Appreciation Week coming up to take this episode and really focus on our commercial drivers and the trucking industry. We all know what an important part of the economy they are. We couldn't get our goods delivered. We couldn't get the necessary medical supplies that we need. And certainly during the pandemic, that all became crystal clear. And so really glad to be focusing this episode on that community and what we can do to help support them. And today with me, I'm really glad to have Lewis Campion, who is the President and Executive Director of the Maryland Motor Truck Association. Thanks for joining me today and glad to have you.
1: Thanks for having me, Chrissy. Why
0: don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to work for the Maryland Motor Truck Association?
1: So actually, uh, that story begins in DC. And in the late 90s, I actually worked for the de- Department of Commerce. And while I was in Washington, an opportunity came available to work for Ryder, the trucking company. And I knew nothing about okay. trucks, right? If you talked about a tractor, I would be thinking of a tractor as a farm vehicle, <laughs> right. right? And fortunately, I had you know someone who was a real mentor to me, a woman named Karen Rasmussen at Ryder, mm-hmm. who ran state government affairs. And she gave me an opportunity and saw something in me that I didn't see it myself at the time. And got an opportunity to go to work for her at Ryder. Ryder was a member of all of the state trucking associations. And then some opportunities became available here at Maryland Motor Truck Association. And now it's been. 22 years uh-huh. at Maryland Motor Truck Association. So That's yeah. great,
0: truly a story you never know where you're gonna wind up. Exactly. Right? I didn't grow up thinking I would be Motor Vehicle Administrator either, so. Nobody
1: ever goes to college to decide they're gonna be in the trucking
0: industry. That's right, right? well so, we're glad that you're you. here and yeah. and so glad to have that partnership. Maybe just talk a little bit more about the, the Trucking Association and what you do and what your mission is. Sure,
1: so MMTA was, Maryland Motor Truck Association, MMTA, was actually founded in 1935. Yeah. So, you know, we've been around here almost 90 years and we were formed by trucking companies who recognized at that time that there was a need to come together, you know, to work together on safety, to work together on professionalism, to be advocates for the industry. And they really needed a trade association to do that type of thing. Now we're among the largest trucking associations in the country. We have close to a thousand members here in Maryland, which is spectacular given our small mm-hmm. state size. And, you know, those companies range from one independent driver who owns his own truck and every day he's getting in that truck and making a living himself mm-hmm. to some of the largest international companies in the world, like UPS and FedEx. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those members come to us for a lot of different reasons, mm-hmm. right? they need help with compliance. Compliance is king in the trucking industry. There are so many rules and regulations Mm -hmm. that they have to follow. So we have developed a compliance expertise here. You know, we put on trainings, we keep make them aware of new laws that Mm -hmm. will impact them and what they have to do, right? We also do things like, we provide product and service discounts on things that they need, everything from tolls to tires, for example. Um, But really, you know, The bigger companies, what they want to see from us, because they can buy anything that we can Mm -hmm. buy, right? They want to see engagement with agencies like the Motor Vehicle Administration, Mm -hmm. like DOT, like the Department of the Environment, right? To just bring the industry's needs to those agencies so we can work cooperatively together to find solutions.
0: That's great, and I think it's a really good point to talk about that small owner-operator versus mm-hmm. the larger companies. I think that people often think of the larger companies and don't think about trucking companies being small businesses, right? Absolutely, important to their community.
1: Absolutely, you know, ninety percent of the industry is actually you know six trucks or fewer, mm-hmm. and so when you start looking at The big companies, we know their names, we see their Mm -hmm. trucks, but overwhelmingly the trucking industry is small business, and that tends to be forgotten.
0: I think you're right. And I think it's also, we think of commercial driving as just being the interstate, and there is a lot of intrastate driving as well, and I'm sure we'll talk about them more with commercial driving and trying to get people into the industry, which is so important. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, we talk about the scope of what's delivered. Can you just, you know, put that into some context for our listeners? Because I think it is so important and sometimes forgotten. We see those trucks mm-hmm. on the road, but, mm-hmm. you know, that important service, I think COVID helped to remind us when it was more challenging to get what we needed. But I think it is important to emphasize what it, what the trucking industry does and provides to us.
1: No, absolutely. And, and before I came to MMTA, you know, I never thought about what was in that truck. Mm -hmm. You know, we only see those trucks as occupants of the roadway. You know, oh, I have to get around this truck. Oh, he's blocking my visibility. Oh, he's Mm -hmm. driving too slow. Oh, he's driving too fast. We never think about the man or woman who might be operating that vehicle and why are they doing it? What are they delivering, right? To your point. In Maryland, 93% of communities are exclusively dependent on trucks for their goods. Mm-hmm. That means they have no rail access, they have no water access, right? They ha- are not getting any product that they might use without a truck. Mm-hmm. So we touch virtually everything. You know, And during the pandemic, you're absolutely right. I think the industry and its drivers were really recognized as heroes because they were delivering food still and making sure grocery stores were, shop, uh, were stocked. They were delivering you know, medical supplies. They were delivering vaccines. They were delivering toilet paper, right? right? Which everybody was freaking out over toilet paper. <laughs> Guess what? That toilet paper arrives because some man or woman is driving a truck, making sure it gets to those shelves. Right. And I think International Truck Driver Appreciation Week is a great opportunity to recognize those drivers and the importance that they play both to the economy and to the supply chain.
0: Definitely. And that's why um, the Department of Transportation, Motor Vehicle Administration, we really want to appreciate our drivers during this time, but throughout the year as well, because we could not do what we need to do without them. Um, So as we talk about needing truck drivers and what that looks like, I wonder if you can talk about, you know, what a daily career is, if people are listening and thinking, is this something I want to do? Or maybe they have a a young person in the household that's thinking about their career. Talk a little bit about it. Sure. Driving
1: is a career, you know, obviously I'm biased, but we we think tri- driving is a great career for the industry. You know the other thing about truck driving, if it is something you're considering, as long as you're safe, you'll always have a job. Mm-hmm. You know we know from most recent data from the American Trucking Associations that the driver shortage right now is about seventy eight thousand drivers nationally. We know that we need to recruit over a million new drivers to replace retiring drivers. Um, over the next 10 years and due to expansion. And every year, the American Transportation Research Institute, they do a survey of motor carriers around the country. And, you know, they ask them to rank their top industry issues. Every year, the number one issue is the driver shortage. Mm. You know, everything is about the driver. That consistently ranks four times higher than any other item. So, you know, it's an ongoing issue, it's an ongoing challenge. And, you know, my message to people who might be considering it, you'll always have a job Mm -hmm. as long as you're safe. We know, and it's not just about trucking, you know, we have bus drivers. Mm -hmm. I was just reading yesterday about the shortage that Prince George's County has with regards to bus drivers and Howard County, how they're having to bring in out-of-state companies Mm -hmm. to be able to fill their school needs. So there's so much variety in this industry in terms of what you haul, in terms of what type of vehicle you might want to operate, whether that be a package delivery um, vehicle that pulls into somebody's neighborhood and is dropping off that Amazon shipment that we all are getting nowadays, or I want to go over the road in a tractor trailer, or I want to operate a tank truck. There's just so much different opportunity. You can see the world, you Mm -hmm. can travel the country, you can be local, right, and home and back. And
0: home at night, right? With absolutely, your
1: there are plenty of opportunities for drivers. You know, you're not stuck to a desk,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, which is really appealing to some people. They don't want to sit behind a desk every day, right? You're out and about all the time. You have a high income potential. You know, there are certain segments of the industry that absolutely pay a six figure income, and the starting wage is one that is very high relative to the amount of investment that you have to put into it, right? It doesn't require a college degree. Um, you can do local driving, intrastate driving, you know, at 18, Mm -hmm. there are schools all around the state of Maryland who can help you get your commercial driver's license Mm -hmm. and you're contributing again to the delivery of the goods that people need, right? So you're playing a meaningful role in society. So, you know, It also offers a lot of career pathways for people. You can be your own boss. If I want to own my own truck, that's Mm -hmm. a relatively small investment. Mm -hmm. You know, I can be my own boss tomorrow if I have a CDL. Or I can work for another company. I can get into safety. Mm -hmm. I can get into logistics. You know, the opportunities are really what you want to make of.
0: That's great. So many aspects to the industry. And I know there's been a real push both nationally as well as in the state on diversity of getting more women, mm-hmm. getting more minorities involved in the industry. So we want to encourage everybody to think Absolutely. about it, right? The opportunities Absolutely. are out there for anyone who might be interested. Definitely. So if you've piqued somebody's interest in, and they're thinking about maybe um, becoming a commercial driver, what would your advice be? I'm sure you've seen many people go through the process. We know that, you know, want folks to be successful. It doesn't, it's a hard yeah. test, right? And we Absolutely. want our commercial drivers to be well prepared so what suggestions do you have
1: well I think first you got to think about what are your goals why are you getting into the industry Um, and that will also steer you to you know what type of driving job am I going to be looking for you know because of federal laws on entry-level driver training Mm -hmm. you know you do have to go to we'll just call it a training school but what they call a qualified training provider so I think you know get a sense of what do you want to do in the industry Um, you know, are you interested in long haul? Am I only interested in local driving? Go and talk to one of the schools. Many of the community colleges here in Maryland offer CDL training, Mm -hmm. right? They're all accredited by the MBA. right. Right. And so, you know, I think it makes sense to meet with them, to talk with them about what those expectations might be relative to getting through their CDL program. You know, generally you can get through a CDL B program in four to five weeks if you're going full time. Mm -hmm. CDL A, so a CDL B straight truck, a CDL A, a tractor trailer, right? Then you can get that typically in eight to 10 weeks, depending on if you're going full time, uh, longer if you want to go part time, and with a relatively insignificant financial investment when compared to college, Mm -hmm. right? You can do that for somewhere in the $5,000 know, range and be out on the road making $50,000 upon completion. So go talk to them, understand what are the barriers, what do I have to do? But I have to be 18, mm-hmm. I have to be able to understand, you know, signs in English and law enforcement instructions in English, I have to be able to pass a medical certification. Mm-hmm. So understand what are those medical qualifiers. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we were talking earlier a little bit about, um, the, the drug and alcohol testing, mm-hmm. right? You do have to go through pre-employment drug testing, uh, in addition to medical qualification, mm-hmm. you know, and random drug testing throughout your career. So just understand what all that entails before you make the decision, okay, I want to go to school. Mm-hmm. Now you've decided I want to go to school, right? We know that the pass rate is not high. We'd like <laughs> it to be higher, <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. But I think it's in the 50 to 60% that range is. right now um, when you go to take that CDL test. And you guys have done some things, I think, to make it um, not easier, but to give students a better chance at success Mm -hmm. with the test, right? So, you know, you've got to be prepared to study for the test. There's no doubt. And you guys, I know, have modified the pre-trip inspection requirement as part of the test Mm -hmm. to make that uh, similar to what a driver might actually expect to see on a vehicle every day, right? So that it's a much more practical exam Mm -hmm. for them um, without compromising safety. So. You know, I think that's one thing, the expansion of the commercial learner's permit where previously you were only able to, you know, um, take six months once you got your learner's permit to come and take your actual test. Now extending that out for a full year, I think, gives people an opportunity to say, hey, I went through CDL school. I have a full year to take my test. I can prepare properly Mm -hmm. to try and make sure that I can pass. Right, because nobody wants to fail. Obviously, mm-hmm. you made that investment, and you scheduled the MBA, and then and it's well,
0: a long test, it's right? It. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And you know, you want to be making money, right? And it provides you a real opportunity to do that.
0: Yeah, we've definitely focused on and working with the association. How do we remove barriers, right? We want to make sure that people are safe behind the wheel, certainly, but these are entry tests. This means you're Mm -hmm. safe. You can, you know, operate that vehicle safely on the roadway, but obviously you're going to continue to learn. So Maryland was proud to participate in that pilot program that then became um, authorized nationwide for that streamlined version of the test in October 1. As you mentioned, that new 12-month CDL Learners Permit will go into effect and. as you talked about entry-level driver training, it's a longer process now. You know, you have to make sure you take the time and and go through the required courses. And so we want folks not to be rushed. We absolutely looked at the data and there were folks who never came back in to finish the process. And we thought that's a missed opportunity. We want to make sure that those individuals are, if they want, able to get into the profession. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, when you go um, through school also, you have to be realistic about what is my first job going to be like? Mm -hmm. That isn't going to be my last job in the industry, right? So for example, you know, when you graduate from college, what happens? Your first job is not your last job, Mm -hmm. right? It's not necessarily your ideal job. We know that for a number of reasons that the largest um, opportunity in the industry, both from a need and from an income potential is in the long haul sector, Mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, when you come out the likelihood is that the most available jobs are going to be in the long-haul sector of the industry Mm -hmm. and you know but that doesn't have to be where you stay Mm -hmm. if you do that job for six months a year you keep that safety record which is just so important Mm -hmm. right then you can come back and go anywhere Mm -hmm. right so it's just a real opportunity that says hey i i love long haul i want to be out there i can do it or I want to be home and back maybe i have a wife and a family that Mm -hmm. i want to see every night uh you know so that provides an opportunity for you as well so just talk with those schools about who comes in to recruit who are you going to meet from an employer standpoint and what types of jobs that they have so that you enter it eyes wide open
0: that's great. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about the existing services for folks who already are commercial drivers. I think in the past, the thought was, I have to go to that branch office and complete yeah. the transaction, but it's really changed over the years. And so a lot of new things out there that can be done online.
1: Absolutely. You know, submitting your medical qualification now, mm-hmm. right, is something that can be done instantaneously without a trip to the MBA. I know you guys have mirrored federal law now in allowing an eight year CDL. So I don't have to go back as frequently, you know, as I once did, Uh, you know, all in the name of one, reducing the number of trips that a driver has to make, you know, to the MVA, which also means that driver gets to stay on the road, he gets Mm -hmm. to keep delivering. He if he's a long haul driver, he doesn't have to worry about, hey, I got to get back on this date, because my license or my medical certificate might expire, and I have Mm -hmm. to be in person you know, to do those types of things. So, you know, with all of the things you guys have offered, it really has streamlined that process for drivers so that they can stay on the road and they can keep earning a living.
0: Yeah, we know everybody's time is important. Convenience is important, but even more for truck drivers yeah. and if they're out on the road. So, And we want everybody to know that as of October 1st, you'll be able to use that medical certificate as long as your vision passes to renew outside the branch office as well. So new opportunities for folks um, to be able to have that convenience when they renew their driver's license Absolutely. going sure. forward. So I encourage you to look for that going forward. And also, we want to talk a little bit about the future. Where are we going in the trucking industry? And we talk a lot about technology. Uh, You participated in our last um, Connected and Automated Vehicle Working Group and thinking about where that takes the trucking industry, a little different from the passenger vehicle that maybe folks focus on. What do you think that has in store for the trucking industry?
1: Yeah. So, you know, there's a, a misperception, I think, about trucking that it's not a highly technical industry. And I think nothing could be further from the f- truth in terms of both the equipment you operate and what drivers have to know how to utilize mm-hmm. um, relative to things like, you know, we have electronic logging devices now. Mm-hmm. So you're using an what we call an ELD in the industry as opposed to what traditionally has been a paper log. You know, we have vehicle tracking, on these vehicles where many companies really have this down to an exact science, monitoring, you know, delivery times, expectations for when they're going to load, um, when they're going to arrive at a customer's destination. Mm-hmm. And the driver is all an important part of that. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, more recently what we've seen is cars becoming equipped, you know, with all of these advanced safety systems, automatic emergency braking, mm-hmm. you know, a lane departure warning. And trucks have those now, too, Mm -hmm. which is fantastic. You know, I was at an event one time where we were talking uh, with a particular group about the driver shortage. And somebody asked me, how can you stand up and say that you would encourage people to get into this industry as a driver when those jobs are going to be going away? Mm -hmm. And we don't believe for a second that those jobs are going to be going away. Certainly not in the next generation, Mm -hmm. right? I would not discourage my kids in any way if they came to me and said, hey, I'm thinking about becoming a truck driver Mm -hmm. or a mechanic. You know, those jobs are still going to exist for decades. Mm -hmm. Is it going to improve the driver experience? Absolutely. You know, we think advanced driver assist systems have the ability to make the quality of life better for a driver, Mm -hmm. to help reduce a driver's fatigue, Mm -hmm. to change the nature of what a driving job might look like, Mm -hmm. you know, and to certainly make driving safer because those trucks have roll stability systems. Mm -hmm. They have lane departure now. They have automatic emergency braking. So all of those things can really make, I think, a driving career more attractive and ultimately safer on the roads.
0: That's great. So hopefully attracting more people. And then when they're out on the road, keeping them safer, just like our passenger vehicles right? with technology evolution. So I I think it changes the nature of the job. It doesn't change the need for the job.
1: Uh, Well said. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned highway safety, so I'd like to talk about that a little bit. And I think it's so important because, as you said, we see those trucks on the highway, but we really have to be conscious of the fact that it's a different experience driving Mm -hmm. a tractor trailer in particular, the larger size vehicles, and we have to be cautious around them and recognize that there are certain areas that they won't be able to see us and to keep visible around trucks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a responsibility for every driver, no matter what vehicle you're operating, to be safe right? And, you know, that responsibility is greater amongst a professional driver because that's how they earn a living. You know, we certainly like to think that professional drivers want safety uh, more than anyone else because they're out there every single day, right? Okay. Those, the highway is their office. And, and you know, I think a lot of challenge we've seen um, comes from distracted driving, mm-hmm. right? We all know the cell phone bans that exist, the other you know, efforts to try and discourage um, unfocused, distracted driving, right? And so everyone needs to to remember that when they're operating any type of vehicle. So that's number one. Number two is, to your point, recognizing the operational limitations that exist amongst trucks. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, just a personal story. So I was asked to go and see if I would be willing to pick up two commercial refrigerators in a truck that one of our members agreed to let me operate. It's not a a commercial driver's license vehicle, so it's a smaller box Mm -hmm. truck, right? But it was overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I I brought my dad (laughs) because I wanted a second set of eyes with me Mm -hmm. just for the purposes of looking around, making sure that there weren't cars in my blind spots, right? And so to tie that to you know, the Share the Road program that has gone on for so long and the No Zone campaign, Mm -hmm. which people, you know, may have heard out about for years, but that's because they, the message is important Mm -hmm. and they're effective, Mm -hmm. right? So trucks have incredibly large blind spots, particularly on the right-hand side. And if you're traveling next to a truck, you know, you just have to move past it if you're on the right side as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. and recognize that you don't want to linger in that area. Right. We know that the stopping distance for a truck can be as long as a football field. Mm -hmm. Right. So cutting off a vehicle to try and get ahead of him, you know, really you're putting yourself in danger because they just require significantly longer periods Mm -hmm. to stop. And then, you know, behind the vehicle, the first time I ever sat in a truck, the first thing I did was look up for a rearview mirror which they don't have, obviously, Mm -hmm. right? It's just your natural instinct, at least for me, when I get in a car, the first thing I do is look in my rearview mirror and (laughs) see where it stands. So, you know, you look in the truck and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I can't see anything back Mm -hmm. there. So, you know, recognizing that if you can't see that driver's face, you know, in his side mirrors, he definitely can't see you. And you want to get out of those spots and make sure that you're operating safely so that if he makes an unexpected move, you know, you're not put into a dangerous situation.
0: No, it's a great point. I had a similar experience. Actually, one of the trucks you brought to a, a CBL oh, yeah, yeah. event, uh, and I got in there, and there was a car deliberately put in that no zone where right. it could not be seen, and it. I knew it was there, but there was no way to see the vehicle. Absolutely. And I think the perspective of being in such a large vehicle, you know, unless you're actually there, you don't have that sensation. And yes. so it's almost so. It'd be good for every driver to get that experience. To sit in there.
1: Absolutely,
0: I think we've seen speed increase to such an extent since covid and what you mentioned in terms of it takes them longer to stop i mean it just makes sense right whether they've got um, a trailer full of goods or not they are larger vehicles and higher speeds are dangerous obviously for everybody on the roadway absolutely. and unfortunately we're just seeing that increasing so hopefully everybody slow down you know regardless of what type of vehicle you're driving but uh and remember to always buckle up and all those important safety rules yep. that we remind everyone of absolutely we want yes. everybody to come home safely
1: you bet no, no doubt so you know and, and you know, you shared some data with me i think on the speeds you guys saw during the pandemic when there was no traffic virtually on the roads mm-hmm. And, you know, it was insane how fast people were driving. And I'm not here just to advocate for, you know, only truck drivers from the standpoint of as if every truck driver is operating, you know, within the speed limit and safely, right? They need to follow those same rules um, as car drivers. We all need to be more respectful of each other on the road.
0: That's so, right. I think yeah. we've been talking about courtesy. We all need to extend that Absolutely. courtesy on the road. and. Yeah everybody will get home safely, get where they need to be, get the goods where they need to be, and and you'll have everything you need. Anything additional you'd like to add in terms of just being aware for our non-truck drivers out there as you're on the roadway, certainly as trucks are turning, you want to be careful as well.
1: So, you know, I think, you know, two other things that people have to be thinking about relative to safety when they're operating on trucks is when they're turning, right? They don't turn in the same way as a car turns and just the geometry and the physics are such... that that truck is going to swing out somewhat mm-hmm. into the left lane to be able to make that turn, particularly a larger tractor trailer. And you know you need to be expecting that if you're thinking about passing that truck on the left-hand side. And then secondly, you know, you're gonna see this little opening on the right-hand side and it's going to be really enticing to say, oh, maybe I can go buy that truck right now. And that's exactly where you don't wanna be as he mm-hmm. starts that turn. Because if you do, you are gonna get caught up you know, between the curb, between a pole and that truck, and ultimately the truck's going to win. You know, there's nothing like a crash that will prevent you from getting home in a timely manner.
0: That's right. So. We think about sharing the road, it's about all vehicles, really, because we've got our farm vehicles, we talked to them a few mm-hmm. months back, you know, we've got our motorcyclists, our pedestrians, our bicyclists, but our larger vehicles too. And just being conscious of everybody on the roadway, I think is a great message to end with. Thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Lewis. I really enjoyed the conversation. A lot of great information. I hope it encourages folks to join the industry and the diversity of jobs that are out there and certainly a lot of great experiences that people could have and contribute to the economy, as, as you've importantly said.
1: Thanks for having me, Chrissy.
0: So at Ask Everybody, Truck Driver Appreciation Week coming up, make sure you thank a truck driver. You would not have those goods that are so important to you at your home without them, medical supplies, all those critical things. So please take an opportunity next time you see somebody driving a truck. Not only to operate safely around them, but just thank them. Give them some appreciation. Thanks again for joining me for Conversations with Chrissy. Look forward to talking to you again next time.